Repeat after me, kid. Hakuna Matata. What? Hakuna Matata! Hakuna Matata! Hakuna, most people get a bigger reaction when we say it the first Okay, some people well, start anyway, clapping Hakuna immediately. Hakuna Matata. It, it means no worries. One and a Okay, I, I do I'm the just, counting I wanna, here. I want to count. Why don't we count together? Okay, that's a good idea. All right. One and a two and a... Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. It ain't no passing craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata? Yeah, it's our motto. What's a motto? Nothing. What's a motto with you? Nice. Boom. Those two words will solve all your problems. Yeah. Take Pumbaa here. Why? When he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. How you feeling? It's an emotional story. He found his aroma lacked a certain appeal. He could clear the savanna after every meal. I'm a sensitive soul, although I seem thick-skinned. And it hurt that my friends never stood down I was always here for you, and I resented it. Oh, the shame! Yes, he was a shame! I thought of changing my name. I mean, to what, Brad? And I got downhearted. Every time that I farted, are you gonna stop me? No, I'm not. You disgust me. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no passing craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Yeah, sing it, kid. It's a problem-free philosophy. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's a problem free philosophy. Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. One more time. Oh, no, I think we did I think it. we got this one. Yeah, but we're just getting in the groove. Now let's leave them wanting more. Yeah, you've grown 400 pounds since we started. Meanwhile, I look exactly the it same. means no worries. You tell them to stop. Oh, you insisted we sing yeah. it. I insisted you started singing it. It's our signature song. We yes. shouldn't be sharing it. But it's our signature song, so we have to. Look, just tell them to stop. It means no worries. Oh, now he's riffing, Puma. This is a nightmare. Oh, well, hey, Life Church, it is so good to be with you. How are you all doing? Everyone doing okay this fine Sunday morning? You know what? It is such an honor to be here. You know what? I, I feel like even though I'm a long way from home right now, being Liverpool in England, 
But for me, it really does feel like, even though I'm a, a, a several thousand miles away, it feels like I'm just amongst family. It really does. I've got friends here that really are like family. And I have the opportunity today to speak to you from week two of our current series at the movies. But, but before we go into that, just let me kind of big up your senior leader and his family, because um, we've been friends now with Pastor Aaron Cole and his awesome wife, Tammy, uh, for a number of years. And, and honestly, I just want to kind of say they are the most incredible people on the planet. And, and I don't want you guys to ever think that even though this may be what you do week in, week out here at Life Church, don't take what you're a part of for granted, because honestly, this is not normal. What you guys have got going on here at Germantown in all, and in all of the other campuses that you guys are just working your way through, honestly, it is like God has just got his hand over everything that you guys are touching. It's not normal. This is absolutely incredible. But that doesn't often happen, really, unless you've got great leadership. And I think that that is undoubtedly what is brought to all of you through Pastor Aaron Cole, my friend. So can we just give it great, a great big round of applause to him right now and to, to Miss Tammy. Amazing people. We love them dearly. We've been talking church for a number of years now, and um, it's really fantastic to kind of have had his involvement in our church over in Liverpool and soon to be a number of other churches in and around Europe. So we just love them as a family, and we love you, Life Church. So week two of At The Movies, I get to talk to you from The Lion King, which is just awesome because I think I've got the best movie to talk to you from, right? And uh, without a shadow of a doubt, that anthem that we've just heard, Hakuna Matata, that's sang by Timon and Pumbaa, is kind of like one of those songs that's so catchy and it stays in your head, but more so probably because of the message that it speaks about. This idea that when you're skipping through the African savannah or when you're jumping and singing through the jungle, that you can just sing this concept, this idea of how you can live life with no worries for the rest of your days. You can live life with a problem-free philosophy. Just sounds pretty awesome to me. I mean, I don't know about you, but I would love to be able to live with that mentality in my life. And yet sometimes I just wonder, like now we've chosen to follow Christ, like now, for those of us that have made a decision to be a Christian, I mean, is there a way that we can do life that just feels like we're doing it less consumed with worry and anxiety and certain crazy levels of unrest that often are so apparent in all of our lives? Is that even possible to us now we've chosen to follow Christ? You know, a while ago, my family and I, we, I'm married to Emma and we've got three boys. We were on holiday and we'd gone on to Egypt, beautiful part of the world. And we were staying in this hotel and I kind of like love going away on holiday. You just get to chill out, relax. Everything's super peaceful. And we were staying at this resort and we were introduced to a guy and he told us that his name was Egyptian John and we were to call him that. And should we need anything, we were to just shout out Egyptian John and he would come and kind of like do whatever it is that we would need. I mean, honestly, like this guy couldn't do too much for you. He was just incredible. And every single day when we would pass each other on the resort, he'd always be like, hey, you know, how, how is everything? Is everything okay? And I'd be like, John, it's incredible. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Your staff are incredible. This is just a beautiful place. And thank you for looking after us so well. 
Just when we started the second week of the holiday, though, I got home to the hotel room one night, and it was so hot in there. I mean, the air conditioning unit had just decided not to work. And I was like, this is crazy. This is just boiling hot. This is roasting. So I went and found Egyptian John, and I said, John, I said, there's a problem. And he's like, oh, no, what, what, what is it? I'm like, look, the air conditioner's not working. It's too hot in the room. It's boiling hot. Like, we need it to just be cooler. It's so uncomfortable. I don't know what the issue is. And he's looking at me, like, really confused, like, he doesn't understand. And I'm like, it, it's the air conditioner. It's it's ran out or it's broken or it's empty. It's not throwing any cold air out anymore. It's the air conditioner. And he's still kind of looking at me rather confused. And he was like, look, just leave it with me. Like, I'll fix it. I'll sort it out. So we went about carrying on with the rest of our day. And at the end of the evening, we returned to our hotel room and it was still boiling hot. So I went out and I found John and I was like, hey, John, the problem's still there. The air conditioner, it's run out, it's empty, or like there's no more cold air blowing. It's just uncomfortable. And he's looking at me like all confused. And he comes to our door and he's like, I fixed everything. It's all great. I'm like, no, like this is not great. And he's looking at me like, I've sorted it out. There shouldn't be any further problems. And he kind of like grabs me by the hand and he walks me into the bathroom of our hotel room. And he's like, see, I fixed it. And I'm like going, what are you talking about? And he starts pointing to all of these bottles that he's lined up on the sink of our hotel bathroom. And this is what he's placed on the sink cabinet for us. There are 15 bottles of hair conditioner. And I'm like, John, it's the air conditioner, not the hair conditioner. If there is one thing, one thing that I don't need in my life, <laughs> it's hair conditioner, right? And he's like, I'm so sorry, but uh, I'm like trying to have this peaceful and relaxing time on hospital. I'm like, this guy's still stressing me out, you know? Um, there was like this jetty and it would run out into the sea. I think you guys would call it a boardwalk. I think we've got a photo of it. And every single morning I'd get up early and I'd grab a coffee and I'd walk to the end of this jetty and I'd just sit there with my Bible and I'd put my podcasts on or some worship music and just try and create a moment to just kind of be still and be calm and, you know, kind of get my own thoughts together before I went and, you know, did the gym or went and carried on with my busy schedule of sunbathing or playing in the pool. And um, I always like to just create a 20, 30 minute window and sat at the end of this jetty on one particular day, all of a sudden I just started to think about everything that I had coming up in my life. And you know the score, because you guys will do this too. And you start to think about, man, I, I've got a really busy season. And on one hand, it's really exciting. But on the other hand, it can really easily feel like it's a little bit overwhelming. I was starting to think about the amount of people that I needed to go back home and have some conversations with. I was thinking about all of the phone calls and the Skype calls that I had in my schedule. And then I was thinking, there's a number of people that I need to call even now whilst I'm on holiday. And I just started to think about different areas of travel that I had coming up. And all of a sudden, really quickly, it was like I just felt my heart started to beat real fast. Like all of a sudden and out of nowhere, it was like my mind started to run at 100 miles per hour. And it just started to feel like this, this sense of peace that I'd previously been enjoying was all of a sudden starting to escape me. And it was kind of like this moment where I realized that even though I was in what is undoubtedly the most peaceful and tranquil of environments, even though everything is so calm on the outside, it's still possible to feel so much unease and unrest on the inside. 
And we'll know what that's like sometimes. We've all experienced that. Because the bottom line is this, peace doesn't come as a result of the place that you're in in life. I believe that it comes as a result of the people that you walk with in life. And as a Christian, I think it comes as a result of the person of Jesus that you walk alongside in your life. He is the bringer of peace. But I say all of that because I think that I would love to just take a few moments to talk about this particular issue of like, is there actually a way that we can live life with a greater sense of peace going on in all of our worlds? Because the truth is there are certain times and granted at certain different levels for each and every one of us, where we're affected by a sense of not being able to rest and find any peace. I mean, life is busy. And I'm not talking about like a sense of unrest that maybe is kind of so crazy and feels a little bit out of control for you that maybe you need to be medicated or see a doctor about. I'm not talking about that particular level of unrest or unease. I'm talking about more so the the often experienced, often sense of just not being able to just calm things down and just relax in your own thought life and just be able to find a sense of peace. I think that maybe the best way for me to describe what I want to talk to you about is by using this one simple word, restlessness. Anybody know what it's like at times to just feel like I'm just restless? And when you're restless, you go home from work and you're always short with the kids, right? When you're restless, you're always super snappy with your wife or with your husband. When you're restless, it feels like no meeting in work ever goes well. I mean, when you're restless, it feels that every meeting intent is tense. Every relationship is awkward. Every kind of connection with a friendship just feels fatigued. And we know what it's like, all of us, to feel like we're just restless at times. Restlessness. Financial pressure causes it. Relational pressure causes it. Sometimes when you're trying to strive to do the absolute best that you can in your career, you realize that it's not always as easy as it was supposed to be. Sometimes you realize that your marriage comes wrapped in hard work and you're like, why is it like that? And all of these things, they just kind of have this unique ability to rob us of our peace. They just make us restless. Restlessness. The definition of which is the inability to rest or relax as a result of worry or boredom. There are many words that kind of relate and point into what restlessness actually is. Words such as being at a place or position of unease or fidgetness or edginess, tenseness, agitation, anxiety, fretfulness, apprehension, disquiet. Now, I I get it. Some of you have just heard that list and you're like, you've just described my life perfectly to a T right there. You're kind of like, don't talk to me about being edgy. Do you know who my husband is? Are you serious? You're like, don't talk to me about disquiet. Do you know that my kids are actually blood related to the devil himself? So don't give me a hard time about feeling like I'm a bit edgy and disquiet sometimes. Because the truth is, is that we all know what that feels like. We've often experienced this sense of just not being able to relax and unwind. You can't calm your thoughts down because of everything that's going on around you. And for me, this creates a problem. Firstly, it's a problem because of what I see on Instagram. I mean, have you ever realized that that on the gram, everybody else's life is so perfect? I mean, how is that possible? 
you know, everybody's got the perfect 2.4 family. They never, ever burn the tea. I mean, why does that only happen to me, you know? Everybody else gets to do all of these cool things all of the times, and I'm just there feeling like, man, my life must just be rubbish because of everything that I see on the ground. You know, the second problem that I have, though, is this, is that sometimes as a follower of Jesus, what I hear and read about in Scripture and what I'm told we should expect Sometimes I feel like when we hear scriptures about how peace can work in my life and in yours too, it feels like what I expect on one hand is just not what I experience. And it creates this huge gap and this huge chasm because I think that being a Christian should allow me, enable me to experience life in one particular way, but often I just feel like I can't find that sense of peace. I feel like I live life restless way more than I actually should. Especially when you consider scriptures like Paul talks about in Philippians. There's this great promise that's contained within this verse and it's the kind of verse that we all like to quote and talk about. And Paul writes this, this statement that kind of says to me like we should probably try and live in this place more. Because he says this, he says in Philippians 4 verse 7, and it's a promise. He says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. I mean, just think about that for a moment. Just press pause for a moment. Think about that. That the God, the maker and creator of everything seen and unseen, has the ability and is wanting to drop his perfect peace into the depth of your soul. I mean, that right there, that is whole nother level kind of peace. I mean, that's the type of peace that doesn't come into your life as a result of just boycotting caffeine for a few weeks, you know? I mean, this is way more peace than even you girls experience when you're in the bath and you've dropped one of those gigantic, lush bath bombs in there. Like, it's so big and you can't even get in the bathtub because it's just massive. Honestly, like, us boys, I don't get it. We've got a shop that's just opened in Liverpool and it's called Lush and there's like four stories of just nothing but soap. And I'm like, what is that about? Like, and like my wife, she's like, hey, let's walk around every floor. And I'm like, yay, we should definitely do that. <laughs> but the reality is, is that this is like next level peace that Paul is promising is actually available to us. And then not only is it the peace of God, but he says that it's the peace of God, and check this, he says that it transcends all understanding. In other words, it's the kind of peace that you can experience in your life even when it goes completely against all of your intelligence and what you naturally are going to expect. I mean, isn't that crazy? Because that's what we all want, right? And yet, how come so often it eludes us? Like, how come it feels so often that even though that's promised, even though we're told that that's what we can expect, it's not what we often experience? Like, why is that? Why is there that disconnect? You know, without a doubt, I think that restlessness is caused in all of our lives, predominantly at times because of circumstantial events that go on on the peripheral of our lives. But we're going to talk about that in a, in a few moments because I get it. Sometimes you can lose the job or the relationship breaks down and there's nothing that you can do and you feel like you're just blindsided and it just took you by surprise and you didn't see it coming. And, and I get it that those seasons and times are so difficult to negotiate our way through. And we're going to talk about what you do in those moments. But what I found, and this is 
probably just me, but what I've found is actually I have the ability to cause the greatest amount of unrest in my own life. That's what I've found. And there are three ways that I guess I would just love to share with you super quickly that, that these are things that I've thought that actually they affect and take and steal my peace from me. And maybe it would do the same to you also. The, the first thing that you've got to kind of check if you're feeling a sense of unrest or unease, feeling like you just can't get any peace, is you've got to check, like your own personal health check, and ask yourself the question, how am I doing on a conversation front? How's my conversation been? Have you ever had one of those moments where maybe you're speaking with somebody, it might have been a bit of a tense conversation in the workplace, and then you get home and all you do is replay the entire conversation over in your mind, and now you start to think, well, man, I, I probably shouldn't have said it that way, or maybe I shouldn't have used that phrase. Or maybe there's been some kind of disagreement in the home, maybe with your wife, with your spouse, and then you go to bed that night and you're replaying everything over in your mind because you're like, man, I probably went too far when I said that. Perhaps my language was a little bit choice. I could have handled that a whole lot better. And it just leaves you with this feeling of like having a bad taste in your mouth. Well, that actually makes perfect sense when you understand that in Ephesians, we're told that now we follow Christ, that now we've chosen to become a Christian. It says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that they may benefit being those who listen. I mean, isn't that crazy right there? That we're actually told that the way in which we, you and I should converse to one another is always for the benefit of the listener. I mean, wow, I don't want anybody to feel guilty right now, but, but I find that that's really hard to live up to sometimes. And yet what I have found is when my conversation has been off, I feel like I've just got no peace. I feel all the more restless. But outside of your conversation, you should definitely probably check how's your character doing? What's going on with your character? Because Paul writes in Corinthians, you know, look, guys, you all know this. It's like bad company corrupts good character. Maybe you've heard the phrase, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Well, that's exactly what this scripture is referring to. He's kind of saying like, how's everything going in your character right now? Who are you hanging around with? Who are you living life alongside? How are you doing on the honesty front? Are you being a man of integrity? Are you being a man and a woman of authenticity? Are you being honest? Are you allowing people to see who you really are and not just who you want them to see you as, as per the good old gram? How are you doing in your character? And then thirdly, it's definitely worth a check. How are you doing in your conduct? Because these things will rob your peace when even just one of them is slightly off. Are you being secretive with your mom and dad? Are you being secretive with your spouse? Is the business trip purely just a business trip? Have you got things going on that maybe you wouldn't want anybody else to know? Are you trying to cook the books at the end of the quarter to make it look more favorable to you? How are you doing with your conduct? Because in our conduct, Every single waking moment of our lives, we exist to give honor and glory to Christ. So how is your conduct? But I get it. It is absolutely the truth that you can have everything going on great with your conversation and with your character and with your conduct also, and yet you still can feel this sense of unease, no peace, and feel like your life is just full of restlessness. What do you do then? 
What do you do when what's causing the restlessness is purely circumstantial? Something that you've got no control over. Something that you didn't choose, like it just happened in the family, or it just went wrong with your son or with your daughter, or it just went wrong in the marketplace, or something happened and he came in and all of a sudden it went wrong in the business world. Like, what are you supposed to do when it feels like what's happening in your peripheral world is affecting your levels of peace and unrest and you can't actually do anything about it? What do we do then? Because how does this idea that God's perfect peace that can deposit into the depth of our heart and soul, how does that happen when the problems are based around our circumstances? That verse that we read from Philippians 4 verse 7, you know, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus is an amazing promise. But often we don't experience the fulfillment of the promise because sometimes we just don't press pause and take a step back and have a look at what Paul is writing and telling us to do immediately before the promise. Because the promise is absolutely there in verse 7, but verse 6 is completely instructional. He's kind of saying, look, if you want the promise and the fulfillment of verse 7, like God's perfect peace being existent in your life in a real and tangible way, he's like, you can totally have that. But verse 6 tells you how you go about getting that. So let's just take a step back and see what he writes in Philippians 4 verse 6. He tells us this, and it's instructional. He says, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, he's saying, guys, look, I get it. I know that in your busy life and schedule, there are going to be so many things that are going to try and rob your peace. And there are going to be so many things that naturally you want to be worried and consumed with anxiety about. Like he totally gets it. He knows that there are going to be things that that are going on in your world that are paralyzing to you and makes you stay awake at night. He knows that there's so many things to worry about what's going on with your kids. Worry about what's going on in your marriage. Worry about what's going on with your financial plans for your future. He's like, look, guys, there are so many opportunities for you to worry, but don't do that. Like now you've chosen to follow Christ. Don't be anxious about anything that's going on. Like choose, I mean, you can live a life riddled with worry if that's what you want, but, but it doesn't have to be that way. And he goes on, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, underline that word every, highlight it, circle it, do whatever it takes you to remember that, but in every situation of your life, and he's about to tell us he wants us to do something in every situation, But what's key to me is he's saying, look, in every situation, in other words, not just the big stuff. In other words, anything that is a concern to you is also a concern to our Father in heaven. Like if it's on your mind, Paul's going, in every situation, if it's on your mind, I want you to know that it's on God's mind as well. Like if it's something that you're thinking about, that God's open to the conversation about that. This is not just about the big stuff. This is about the small stuff too. When your kids start in a new school, when you're struggling to pay the bills at the end of a month, when you're struggling over a relationship that just feels so broken and messed up, you're worried about how there's ever going to be any reconciliation. He's like, it doesn't matter whether it's big or whether it's small, but in every situation, you now need to treat that worry and that concern and that anxiety like an indicator light flashing on the dashboard and that little petrol gauge comes on and it tells you that you've got to stop and you've got to pull over and you've got to fill up on fuel. Paul is saying the same thing. Every time you start to feel anxious or worried, 
street or like you just can't get any peace, that should be like an indicator light on the dashboard of your life that reminds you to do something. And by doing that something that we're going to look at now is what will see you living in the promise of verse 7, which is God's perfect peace that surpasses all understanding being evidenced in your life. So this is what he says you've got to do in response to that indication light. He says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. What's he saying here? He's saying, guys, look, even though you're tempted to be riddled with worry and anxiety and a lack of peace, at every moment that you feel like creeping into your heart, that needs to be like a light flashing that reminds you to talk to your heavenly father about that. He's like, you should absolutely go to God with that. You think it's small and seemingly insignificant? You should absolutely pray to God about that. Because Paul is letting us know that when we talk to God about the things that are on our minds, that becomes the key that unlocks the door to his perfect peace that surpasses all understanding being evidenced in our world. That's the promise, the instructions in verse 7, but the promise of God's peace being in your life comes in verse 7 as a result of you choosing to do nothing more than offload your heart to your heavenly Father through prayer. You know, I think though when it comes to praying, it's perhaps one of the most difficult things because I get it that, that many of us might do it in different kind of ways. I remember one time I was attending a pastor's meeting and there was a, a number of guys there that were the kind of like a lot further on in the journey that I was. And at the end of this meeting, one of the leaders there, he'd asked me to pray and he was clearly thoroughly disappointed with the way that I prayed because um, he had like a level of expectation that we should all pray in this particular way. And he wanted everybody to be like pacing and spitting and sweating when they were praying. And it's just not my, it's just not me who I was. So at the end of my prayer, he, he, he so beautifully made me feel about this big when he said, now we're gonna pray properly. And he asked someone else to pray and it just like made me go, wow, like are my prayers that rubbish? Like, is that how this works? And um, I get it, right? We can all struggle with this idea that, that we're to pray to God. And I just want to encourage you with, with, with a story and say, hey, listen, however you choose to pray to God is absolutely perfectly acceptable by God, our Father in heaven. You can pray, pray loud, you can pray quiet. It doesn't really matter to him. I think it's just more the point that you're willing to offload your heart to him because that's what he wants. He wants a connection with your heart. You know, I remember um, a few years ago, my wife was diagnosed with, with a particular difficult type of blood cancer. And like, honestly, it was the, the worst season of our life. I mean, like this went totally against the grain of how things were going to work and how things were supposed to be going. Because, you know, we have, we've got three boys and we've got this church that all of a sudden had started to work. And then all of a sudden we're kind of like, we're given this diagnosis and it meant like chemotherapy. And we, we didn't really know how it was going to go. And we were told that, like, I think it was a day before Christmas, we had to go in after having six months of chemotherapy. And they were going to let us know whether or not this chemotherapy was actually working. And we were all prayed up and we were so excited and expectant to be able to go in and have them turn around and say to us like you're done you've kind of like you've done your stint on the hematology ward now and we went in and they said look like th this is like this is working but 
you've got like another long journey in this. And my wife, she bursts out crying and she's like, this doesn't feel fair. And God, this is, this is not how it's supposed to be. And I'm saying to her like, hey, honey, you know what, babe? Like, we're going to get through this. This is going to be okay. And like, I don't know why I keep crying because my, my wife is good, strong and healthy today. Praise God. But, but it's kind of like in that moment, I'm promising her like, like, I'm going to fix this, hon. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this thing out. And we went home and I probably started the, the worst pattern that I've ever had in my life. You know, it's like we're riddled with worry and anxiety and this sense of just not being able to rest all of the time. So I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat. I, I'm failing as a dad. I'm being like the world's worst parent. I'm, I'm being the worst husband. I'm, I'm running this church that's growing and I'm like, God, I don't know what to do, but I've got to fix this thing. So I decide that the best thing that I can do is stay awake every night and read every medical document that I can find and try and understand how all these pharmaceutical companies are creating these different types of chemotherapy medication. And I was trying to understand how the CD20 protein attaches itself to the perimeter of a white blood cell and understand how cyclophosphamide and rituximab and doxorubicin works in the body. And I was reading all of these documents night after night after night and no sleep and no food and like just failing in life everywhere. And at one point, it just felt to me like everything got so overwhelmingly hard. I literally, I'm staring there looking at the screen of my computer and my prayer was this, God, I need you to get in the middle of where I am and everything that I'm reading on a computer screen. Like, God, I have no peace anymore. I have no rest anymore. I can't think straight. My heart is beating quickly all of the time. God, will you get in the middle of everything that is causing this worry and, and this concern and this anxiety? And in that short prayer, to me, it just felt like God's perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. Just gave me the ability to just, just breathe again. To just have that sense that Life may not always be problem-free, but it can be peace-filled when you follow Christ. You know, there's this habit that I was taught when I was a kid, and it's just my way of praying. And I want to share it with you because whenever I've spoken about this, people have often said that that was helpful. So you can kind of take it or leave it. But, but whenever I pray, I always get my hands and I turn them over when I start. And I put them down on my knees or on a desk and I start because to me it represents like to God, I'm going to come and I'm going to let go and place at your feet everything that's worrying and concerning me. So I get my hands and I turn them over and I just start to say to God, God, I give you everything that's worrying me right now about my, my kids, about the school and their education. God, I give you everything that's worrying me right now about the health thing with my wife, God, about that thing that's going on in our finances about that which is going on in the church, God, like I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you, God. And then after a few moments, I turn my hands over. And when I turn my hands over, I'll close my eyes and now I'll say, Father, your word says, not my word, your word says that I can experience your perfect peace. So now I receive your peace. I receive your joy. 
I receive the calming of your soul that goes against all of my natural human understanding because I've given to you everything that's worrying me. I'm doing what you tell me to do in verse six, God. So now I receive your peace. Because the truth is this, the real fix and the real answer to not living a life that's worry-ridden, the true fix to being able to sing through the journey and the storms of your life, hakuna matata, no worries for the rest of your days. The truth is that that doesn't come by singing songs across the African savannah. The truth is, is that prayerlessness creates restlessness in your life. In other words, when you've got no prayer, you're gonna have no peace. When you're not choosing to go to God with everything that's worrying you, don't be surprised if you're living life in such a way that feels restless and hard and abrasive, but it doesn't have to be that way because prayerlessness does lead to restlessness. But following Jesus never promised you a problem-free life, but it did promise you that you can experience, even in the midst of your storms, a peace-filled life. Because prayer, that is the antidote to worry. Prayer is the fix for your anxiety. Prayer is the solution for your restlessness. So I just want to encourage you and say, no matter how big or how small, no matter whatever it is that you're dealing, hey, listen, whatever it is that you've got going on in your world, if it matters to you, then it matters to God. But prayerlessness leads to restlessness. So if you don't wanna have a restless life, it means that together, collectively, as followers of Christ, that we're gonna choose to be way more communicative with God our Father in heaven by choosing to determine in our hearts that we're gonna pray to Him about everything that's big and everything that is small also. And as you choose to do that, then the peace of God that surpasses and transcends all human understanding will flood into the depth of your heart. Hey, I would just love the opportunity right now to pray for every single one of you. So can we just bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment? Heavenly Father, you know that in an auditorium as large as this, that there's so many of us that have just got stuff on our plate that we're dealing with right now that it just feels real hard for us to handle. Lord, you know of the things that are keeping us awake of a night. You know of the things that are causing our hearts to beat fast and feel like we can't have our minds slow down. But God, right now, we're choosing to give those things over to you. And my request, God, my ask of you is that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would do that which only you can do. And as we choose to trust you collectively with everything that worries our hearts, that we really would feel and sense and know that your peace that surpasses all understanding will flood and fill the depths of our lives. Amen.